daily devotionals for the Sacred Assembly and Biblical Festivals. Day 14 by Andrew Tan. Today is the third day of awe. Daniel chapter 7. Earlier during the first year of King Belshazzar's reign in Babylon, Daniel had a dream and saw visions as he lay in his bed. He wrote down the dream and this is what he saw. In my vision that night, I, Daniel, saw a great storm churning the surface of a great sea with strong winds blowing from every direction. Then four huge beasts came up out of the water, each different from the others. The first beast was like a lion with eagle's wings. As I watched, its wings were pulled off and it was left standing with its two hind feet on the ground like a human being, and it was given a human mind. Then I saw a second beast, and it looked like a bear. It was rearing up on one side, and it had three ribs in its mouth between its teeth. And I heard a voice saying to it, Get up, devour the flesh of many people. Then the third of these strange beasts appeared, and it looked like a leopard. It had four birds' wings on its back, and it had four heads. Great authority was given to this beast. Then in my vision that night, I saw a fourth beast, terrifying, dreadful, and very strong. It devoured and crushed its victims with huge iron teeth and trampled their remains beneath its feet. It was different from any of the other beasts, and it had ten horns. As I was looking at the horns, suddenly another small horn appeared among them. Three of the first horns were torn out by the roots to make room for it. This little horn had eyes like human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. I watched as thrones were put in place and the Ancient One sat down to judge. His clothing was as white as snow, his hair like purest wool. He sat on a fiery throne with wheels of blazing fire, and a river of fire was pouring out, flowing from his presence. Millions of angels ministered to him, and many millions stood to attend him. Then the court began its session, and the books were opened. I continued to watch because I could hear the little horn's boastful speech. I kept watching until the fourth beast was killed and its body was destroyed by fire. The other three beasts had their authority taken from them, but they were allowed to live a while longer. As my vision continued that night, I saw someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient One and was led into his presence. He was given authority, honour and sovereignty over all the nations of the world so that people of every race and nation and language would obey him. His rule is eternal. It will never end. His kingdom will never be destroyed. I, Daniel, was troubled by all I had seen and my visions terrified me. So I approached one of those standing beside the throne and asked him what it all meant. He explained it to me like this. These four huge beasts 
represent four kingdoms that will arise from the earth. But in the end, the holy people of the Most High will be given the kingdom and they will rule forever and ever. Then I wanted to know the true meaning of the fourth beast, the one so different from the others and so terrifying. It had devoured and crushed its victims with iron teeth and bronze claws, trampling their remains beneath its feet. I also asked about the ten horns on the fourth beast's head and the little horn that came up afterward and destroyed three of the other horns. This horn had seemed greater than the others, and it had human eyes and a mouth that was boasting arrogantly. As I watched, this horn was waging war against God's holy people and was defeating them until the Ancient One, the Most High, came and judged in favor of his holy people. Then the time arrived for the holy people to take over the kingdom. He said to me, This fourth beast is the fourth world power that will rule the earth. It will be different from all the others. It will devour the whole world, trampling and crushing everything in its path. Its ten horns are ten kings who will rule that empire. Then another king will arise, different from the other ten, who will subdue three of them. He will defy the Most High and oppress the holy people of the Most High. He will try to change their sacred festivals and laws, and they will be placed under his control for a time, times, and half a time. But then the court will pass judgment, and all his power will be taken away and completely destroyed. Then the sovereignty, power, and greatness of all the kingdoms under heaven will be given to the holy people of the Most High. His kingdom will last forever, and all rulers will serve and obey him. That was the end of the vision. I, Daniel, was terrified by my thoughts, and my face was pale with fear. But I kept these things to myself. The book of Daniel is not chronological. It was deliberately arranged so that the first half, Daniel 1-6, to consists of narrative, and the last half, Daniel 7-12, to is mostly visions or prophecies. The literary structure is also a chiastic one, that is, an ordered sequence of ideas that leads to an apex, after which the ideas are presented in reverse order. It is even more obvious when one reads it in the original language. The first half is written in Aramaic and the latter half in Hebrew. The chiastic structure of the book emphasizes that God uses history to illustrate prophecy. For example, Daniel 1 starts with God giving Daniel the gift of understanding. The book concludes with the emergence of a people of understanding at the end of the age, Daniel chapter 12. The book shows us a prototype of a person of understanding. It provides the template on how to pursue understanding and gives a prophecy that a people of understanding will emerge. In Daniel chapters 1 to 3, Daniel and his friends overcome the Antichrist prototype Nebuchadnezzar. 
From Daniel 4 to 6, God humbles three kings, Nebuchadnezzar, Belteshazzar, and Darius. Through all of this, Daniel is presented as flawless, which is very rare in Scripture. Daniel's life is prophecy for the church. God is using history to paint a picture of his people walking through suffering, pressure, tests, trials, seduction, and disappointments. Let's look at this. Firstly, crisis of faith. God had failed to deliver his people from the conqueror. Evil had triumphed, bringing about immense suffering. Personal suffering. Daniel is a slave that has his identity wiped away and put through cultural reprogramming. Seduction. Daniel is offered pleasure, power and privilege for conforming to Babylonian culture. Spiritual warfare. Wise men in the Babylonian court likely practiced witchcraft. Daniel experienced principalities resisting his intercession. See Daniel chapter 10. A great falling away. Most of the exiles did not remain faithful and gave in to the seduction and threats of Babylon. Of those exiled, we are told of a small faithful community. And finally, persecution. Daniel and his friends are threatened with death over the issues of prayer and worship. Yet Daniel is preserved by supernatural intervention, receiving divine wisdom and help at his time of need. As a type of the chosen people of God, Daniel outlasts several pagan kings. Daniel 7 records the first vision that Daniel receives directly, rather than interprets for kings, and is placed at the center of the book. Given the chiastic structure, Daniel 7 is the apex revelation, it's the mountaintop, and the interpretive grid for the message of the book. The chapter itself is also arranged in a chiasm, beginning with the vision of the four beasts, the revelation of the Ancient of Days and Son of Man, and ending with an interpretation of the beasts. Recall the vision of the four kingdoms in chapter 2. Once again, Daniel is shown three successive beasts, gold, silver, and bronze parts of the statue. From his time, before focusing on a fourth beast, ten horns corresponding to ten toes of the feet. Despite living in close proximity to the premier antichrist prototype of the Old Testament, Daniel is floored by the vision of the final beast. It is terrifying and frightening and powerful. Most importantly, it is different from all the former beasts. And this is an important clue that the little horn is something beyond the earthly kingdoms we have thus far witnessed. Revelation 13 and 17 both draw on the imagery of Daniel 7. In Revelation 13, the final beast emerges from the sea, has ten horns and characteristics of the other three beasts in Daniel 7. It is given authority 42 months in Revelation 13 and three and a half years in Daniel 7 to, pers to persecute the saints. 
The fulfillment of the vision is yet future because the fourth kingdom is suddenly and completely destroyed by the eternal kingdom of God in both Daniel 2 and 7. Daniel 7 ends with the great hope that one day all nations and peoples of every language will worship the Son of Man. If you would like to go further in depth in this study, read Daniel chapter 2 and Revelation chapters 13 and 17. Let's pray together. Father, give us the spirit of wisdom and revelation that we would truly know your Son, understand your will, and discern the times we live in. Give us grace to walk like Daniel did, unwavering in faith and persistent in intercession and hopeful in your salvation. Help us to resist the seduction of the times and remain steadfast in worship and prayer through suffering and persecution. We lean in with the same posture as Daniel. We want to understand the times and respond rightly. And most of all, God, we want to see the Son of Man at the center of it all. Amen. Take a few moments to reflect and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to you.